Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder, uh, special guest with us tonight. Um, artist, uh, this guy, he's currently doing uh, the Tops Project 2020, which is a reimagining uh, line of baseball cards, stars of current and past, and just, it, it's terrific. He recently did a Nolan Ryan card that uh, you may have seen floating around Twitter. Twitter, they were just delivered this past week. Welcome to the show, Blake Jameson. What's up? Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, man. This is uh, really, it's exciting for us. I've been following your work, and uh, yeah, just a, a very cool, man. So uh, my first question right off the bat, um, I you know, just reading up and following you, uh, we know you're a card collector. Uh, how cool is it to get the call and, and, and you know, to be, I guess, commissioned to uh, to be a part of the Tops Project 2020? Oh, man, it's, I can't even put into words how cool it is. It's like uh, it's a dream come true, man. It feels like, you know, on one hand, I, my artist journey has been a little bit crazy. You know, I started at my age 30, I decided to pursue art full time. And so, you know, since that time, I'm 35 now for five years. I've been working really hard. You know, I'd say average 10 hours a day for like seven days a week. And um you know, so on one hand, I feel like, man, I worked so hard to get here. But then if I look back and like put it in perspective to be like, man, it's only been five years since I started painting full time. And I'm literally like creating baseball cards that I grew up as a kid collecting. And like, it's just like, it's surreal, you know, I guess, you know, you love what you do. You're not really going to work, right? I'm not going to work at all. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's such, that's gotta be such a cool feeling. Like, um, and to, you know, I guess you were in the, the content creation, whether it was uh, writing, um, creating, I guess digital art was kind of right up your alley, right? Uh, yeah, so it was a lot of um, graphic design and that type of thing. When I was working in digital marketing, there were a lot of different ways to express myself creative, creatively, but it's not the same as like, you know, making a painting from scratch on a canvas. Now, I guess, you know, flipping through your YouTube page, uh, I came across a very cool video. Um, I guess you were, uh, it was a uh, Kenny Wiggins painting yep. and a Jerry Garcia painting, which, yep. you know, hits the strings of my heart dearly, but we won't get into that. I could go on for hours. Uh, now, the way, yeah, I guess you explained uh, what was, it was strategic, it was strategic gifting? Yep. Now. Yeah. You're putting your you're putting your work into the hands of, of course, folks that are gonna um, move that stuff on, move that that product on. Right. Uh, do you feel that 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 really kind of opened doors for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, and just to give a little bit of context for people that are not familiar with the idea or what that might mean. So for me, strategic gifting has always been a part of kind of my business development and marketing. What I consider marketing plan or expenses or whatever. So like I have hard costs of creating any given painting. I have to buy the canvas. I have to buy the paints. I have to spend my time making it. But I realized very early on that there's a lot of players, first of all, that wouldn't necessarily be the ones to come to me to buy a painting because it's a lot of the mega stars that have a ton of photographs and paintings of them in their prime doing what they do best. And uh, by giving them a painting for free, it you know, it puts them on my, you know, kind of collector list, right? So if like Drew Brees has one of my paintings, that matters to a lot of other people. And also like with those stars, we can also tie it into sometimes to like their charities. So the Drew Brees is a great example where 
I wasn't necessarily painting Drew be, Drew for Drew. I, you know, was got in contact with him through some connections and, and basically said, let me make a painting of you. I'm going to have you sign it and then let's auction it off and we'll give the money to the charity of your choice. And so like, you know, from my perspective, I'm giving something away for free that actually cost me money to make, but on the back end and like the long-term benefits of like, a, like, you know, getting a photo of Drew Brees and me and my art is super cool. And then B, like helping a good cause. And then also with those type of guys, like it makes them actually care about the project because it's not just some, you know, thing that's going to sit in his garage or in his attic. It's uh, it's going to someone that's going to appreciate it. The money's going to a great cause. Um, that's been a huge part of like me growing my business. And sometimes it's like that and it's the charity stuff. And then sometimes it's just hitting up a player and saying, hey, I would love to make a painting for you. If I do, will you post about it on social media? This helps me grow my business. You know, I kind of explain uh, who I am and what I do and tell them about some of the people that I've been working with. And, like, anytime I approach someone at this point in my career, like, they always say yes. I guess, I mean, and that's such a cool way to go about things because, you know, just the exposure in itself. But you kind of have to have a, um, I guess, the level of self-confidence it has to take to just kind of put yourself out there, that's got to translate to potential clients, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it totally does. I think that, like, you know, me getting my hands, my art into the hands of uh, some very popular and, you know, I don't know, admired athletes is something that, like, never it can never be taken away from me. And, like, that helps my confidence. And, you know, it also helps the other people, you know, everyone else's perception because sometimes – you know, I'll be real, like not every athlete that buys a painting from me understands that the one that I did for their teammate that they admire, I did for free, but you know, that's okay. It's like, it's, it's business. Like everyone understands that like at some point, like an artist or anyone else needs to get paid for what they do. But also at some point in every career, like an athlete is going to be training their ass off doing double days and not getting paid for it because that's what it takes to make it at the next level. And if they put in that work ahead of time, then they know that like down line there's going to be some benefits, and it, that translates very similarly to like the art world, where like I can put in, I can work double days and long days, and sometimes I'm not making any money, and then other times because of all that hard work I put in, you know, people are coming back and they want to pay me for what I do, which is how I continue to survive and keep doing it. So cool, man! Just to, you know, the 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 productive passion is such a cool process to see, and um. I guess you know it. It, it kind of opened the door for you to uh, for this tops project. Um, would you mind sharing how that kind of came about? Of course. So I had been working in the specifically in the athlete portrait world for about two two and a half years before this project even was on my radar, and I had gotten to a point where I had done a couple hundred athletes. And I'd say, like, you know, it's about, honestly, it's about 50-50 for strategic gifts and players paying full price commissions. And uh, and that was really nice, you know, I was making a decent living and getting to do what I do. But I wanted to take my business to the next level, and I understood that that was probably going to require me doing more than just painting one picture of one player one time and then trying to find the next client. And so I was thinking in my head, like, of different ways that I could expand my business potential and income potential and also like the reach of my art. And one of the things that I thought of was, you know, working with a company like Tops that has a, like the licenses to mass produce, um, you know, MLB content or, you know, any really 
any uh, you know NFL content or whatever. We need you need a license if you're going to mass produce that. So like somebody that had a license would be good. And then also I think that there's like a ton of overlap in like personality traits between card collectors and those like hobbyists and art collectors because they like ha- they they create this like whole story around a particular thing. Sometimes it's a painting and sometimes it's a card, but like that story that they tell themselves about why that's important really is more important than whatever price is attached to it. And so like I just identified like that being such a good fit and like I grew up as a card collector and, and baseball fan myself and like Tops was like the shit when I was a kid. And sorry if I can't <laughs> No, 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 please. It's, okay, cool. it's for everybody in uh, the show. We're good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I really like admired tops as a company and remembered them from my childhood. And so I had reached out to a few of my friends just seeing that if I knew anyone that knew anyone that worked at tops and that all came up dry, but I feel like, you know, the universe works in crazy ways. And despite me like making a concerted effort to find someone that could introduce me to tops and coming up dry later that week, tops literally sent me an email that uh, was from this guy, Jeff Heckman, who is, leading the charge on project 2020 and he's awesome. And the email is very short, but it said, Hey, I'm Jeff. I work for tops and I've been following your art for a while. I think it's awesome. And we have a project that I think could be a good fit to work together on. Can we set up a phone call? And we had a phone call the following week and he explained to me the concept of project 2020 and you know, that they would like to start discussions about getting me involved. And, you know, naturally it was like, I couldn't believe that it was even happening. And it was like, felt like the universe was just, uh, the karma, I don't know, whatever it is, like it just, it just worked out. And the hardest part I think about that whole transition process was like, that was like six or seven months ago now. And I wasn't allowed to tell anyone or talk about the project or post about the project until basically until like the day before it launched. And so like keeping my mouth quiet to like all my friends and my family and, uh, but knowing like I was going to have this cool project coming up was, was so hard for the last, you know, six months or something. Oh, but the fruits of that, of that labor have just have, have to have been so exciting up yeah. until this point. And, and you've only had a handful of cards come out so far, right? Yeah, I've had three cards. So Nolan Ryan was my first. That was card number 18. Uh, my Don Mattingly, I think that was around, it was somewhere in the mid-30s. And then uh, card number 42, which was like a huge honor, was my Jackie Robinson card. So to have like Jackie be card 42, I think was super smart. And the fact that I ended up with the Jackie that got that placement was really, really good. Yeah, it's awesome. And I, I just, you know, seen uh, clips of it floating around and uh, just absolutely gorgeous. Now, um, you mentioned you were a collector. Uh, you grew up in the, in the Bay Area, correct? That's right. Just uh, north I, of San Francisco. Okay. What is that? Like um, like Marin like, County, Marin right? County. Yeah, exactly. Marin, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I have friends near, I guess, San Rafael. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I was just north of San Rafael in a town called Novato. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah. A bunch of hippie deadhead deadheads, man. Those are my people. <laughs> yeah. But a uh, cool area. Very, very, very cool area. Everyone's just uh, on another level. But um, now, I guess growing up, I have to assume you're an A's fan. Uh, yes. So yeah, I grew up like idolizing Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, and also like. It's really cool. So my next card is Ricky Henderson and my like, I guess, stint as a kid where we had season tickets was after 
Ricky's kind of first foray with the with the A's. But like I just remember growing up and just like hearing about like the the epic um, Ricky Henderson, and so like I always thought of Ricky as number thirty five because those were all like the pictures and stuff that my dad was showing me at the time. <laughs> Obviously, he came back and he was uh, what twenty four, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Like you know, like I said, it doesn't feel real. Like painting the players that I grew up like hearing about from my dad and like idolizing myself, like Mark McGuire. It's just like it's unreal, man. Now, do you, do you have, um, I guess, creative free reign when, when they, they give you the – I guess they pick the cards for you and you kind of have to work off that? Yeah, exactly. So there's 20 different artists and there's 20 different iconic reference cards, um, you know, one for each of the 20 players. So we're all given the exact same starting point. And Tops was pretty – pretty flexible on like telling us what we could and couldn't do. I mean, they didn't really tell us much about what we couldn't do. They just said, Hey, try and make it, you know, pay some kind of tribute to the original card and don't mess with the team logos too much because like, you know, they still have to go and get it approved by the MLB and and probably by the team and by the player. But so far, like when I submit my art, I've never had tops come back saying, Hey, we need to, you got to change something about what you're doing. And if you look at like, the scope of the 20 artists. I love how like they're all so different. We're all using different mediums. We're all expressing ourselves in very different ways, but usually for the most part, like it ties back to the original card and yeah, I mean, we're getting a ton of kind of creative flexibility. It's really cool how, and you were mentioning how everyone kind of, you know, it's, it's just the create everyone's unique creativity coming into play, but everyone's kind of going in a different direction. I mean, and you look at the Nolan Ryan that you did, and everyone, we're going to have this in the mesmerized article. We're going to have it uh, accompanying the, uh, uh, the the Twitter posts and all that good stuff. So if you haven't seen it, you will. But, um, you know, you're going to – you kept it very simplistic, but there's almost this sense of funkiness to it that just – it appeals, you know, to me as a collector, to me as a – just a – a fan of funky stuff. I just love it. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, and then you see it in person. It's just beautiful. Like, um, you know, in that, during that creative process, like, do you have, of course, I, I have to assume you do scrap ideas, but, you know, do these things just kind of come to you? Is it an orga- organic process or kind of a, um, I guess, a trial and error type thing? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of both. I definitely, you know, going into every card, I have an idea in my head and I have a vision of how I think it might end up looking. But I also know that like my style of painting and the way that I work, I work very quickly. I make a lot of decisions on the fly and, and, um, I just paint fast. And so sometimes it ends up with like what some people might consider mistakes, but I think that's where some of the beauty in like art is, is in like the unexpected parts. And even like as an artist, like I want to make something that I didn't expect completely. And so like for that reason, I've, I've started doing usually like two or three versions of each card, but I paint them all at the same time. And so I'm usually like still using the same color palette and they all like, you know, they would look beautiful as a three painting set, you know, for example. But, uh, but I'm doing them each different, a little bit different. And then what's been really fun is then I go back to the internet and I post them and I say, Hey guys, like you're the collectors, which one of these should we print? for tops and like letting, you know, the people in the card community decide. And so I've been doing that a lot. I put some stuff on Twitter, uh, obviously on my YouTube live streams that I'm doing every night, I'm getting feedback in real time. 
I also post on blowout forums, which has been a really cool group to get involved with. And then there's a private Facebook group for project 2020 that is super active. And so like between all of those channels, I'm able to like float out, you know, three or four different pieces of art. And then I'm literally like sitting in front of my computer with scratch paper and I'm going through and I count the votes and I say, okay, you know, 45 people liked painting number one, 75 people like painting number two, and 300 people like painting number three. Great. Three, that one goes to tops. So, like, it's super inclusive and, like, fun, and it also, like, takes that decision process out of my hands, which is fun for me because, like, I can just make what I feel like making at the time, and then what I come up with, the Internet gets to decide what's going to print at tops, and, like, everyone just seems to really be, like, uh, really appreciating that, I guess. Well, I think, you know, collecting is hitting such a peak right now. Um, and it has been. It's been reaching that peak for a few years now. But, I mean, at this point, I know you mentioned Blowout and uh, our buddy Houdini over at Cheap Fun Breaks, uh, yep. former MLB pitcher Phil Hughes. I mean, yep. um, just to name a couple, these guys are taking, uh, you know, taking it back into the mainstream, which I'm the same. I'm a year older than you. I'm 36. And, um, yep. you know, during our childhood, we saw it firsthand just how – like I guess just how wild this market can get and just how hard it can come back down crashing. It seems that you're catching the wave to do this at a really, really opportune time. Dude, I am catching the wave like crazy. And it's funny because like, I mean, you're right. We grew up in like such a high, we were, we rode that, we rode that wave like crazy. Like I have every single card that exists in like triplicates, every <laughs> set between 1985 and 1995, but that also ends up, as you know, many people know, I'm sure, like the most heavily printed and like overproduced era of card collecting because we were just it, it was it seemed like it was just printing money and you could just never lose buy baseball cards and flip them and whatever. And uh, you know, I think it's fun now to like look back because like my dad and I have these like sealed boxes, you know, of <laughs> whatever it is, like every single tops and Don Russ and upper deck, like every single baseball card that exists. And there's still, a lot of them are still shrink wrapped, but then they have like, you know, we got the price stickers on them and it's like nine ninety nine for the complete set. Um, so it's just, it's funny. And like the fact that like the world is going through everything that is going through right now, I was a little bit concerned. Uh, I've, like I said, I've known about this project for so long and, you know, selfishly, I was thinking, oh, crap, everyone's out of work. No one's going to buy cards and people have all these other things to worry about. But it actually turned out that um, it's been a blessing in disguise. Like everyone's at home and they're looking for an escape and they're finding it in digging out their baseball cards and being involved in these, you know, Tops is releasing two new cards every day, Monday through Friday. And people are smashing that refresh button so much the fact that it's like crashing the Tops website and like. As much as that's annoying, like that's a great problem to have. Like this, this hobby is getting popular again, and like the fact that I'm getting back into it, right? Like you said, catching the wave, man, is awesome. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, you know, like we were saying, as a kid, I was also a collector, and um, Hurricane Sandy, which hit you know the Northeast pretty hard back in 2012, yeah. I, I lost my entire collection, and it wasn't like you know all that extensive. It was a few full boxes probably a half a dozen books and stuff, but, you know, it's the stuff that I cherish since I was a kid. We lost it. Um, and my oldest daughter, who, she's 10 now, so maybe she was like 8, and she started taking an interest in sports, and I found some old stuff that I had upstairs. She took an interest, so we got back into it, and bam, here we are now, and, you know, just wild. It's, you know, some of these cards you pull out of packs, 
you know, six, seven hundred dollar cards in a in a twenty dollar pack, and it's just right. it, it it blows my mind. But yeah, I guess what you guys are doing over at Tops and the the creativity, the originality, it's it's refreshing. It's uh, it's a very cool look, and you know, it, it's it, it's just. It's great for the game. It's great for the hobby. Uh, it's it's pretty much everything we need at this point because anything that brings a little bit of joy is just a uh, it's a treat right now. Uh, how are you staying busy besides creating art during all this? I mean, that's pretty much exactly all, <laughs> man. Just with that, um, I all think consuming. It, yeah, you know, I I love what I do, and it's cliche, but it doesn't feel like work. And so I I'm able to work very long days and late nights and not feel um, I don't know, feel run down by it. And so I think like about a week and a half ago, I started live streaming on YouTube every night at 1023 PM Eastern, which I think is like a fun time because for a bunch of reasons, like there's a lot of creatives, whether it's artists or DJs or musicians uh, or comedians, like everyone is live streaming now because everyone's stuck at home, but they're all doing it at the same time. They're doing it from like five to 8 PM uh, in their given time zone. And so like by me choosing like a pretty late time is eliminating a little bit of that competition. And then also, you know, at 10, 23 PM, like 23 is my favorite number for a lot of different reasons. Uh, MJ being one of them, but it's like a memorable thing where it's not just some random like 10 PM time where people are like, wait, was it nine or was it 11 or was it 10? It's like very specific. I think that helps with like the memory thing. And then also, like, after 10 p.m. is my most creative creative time, and it always has been. I think I've done all of my best work as an artist after 10 p.m. And so it's just naturally, like, I spend a lot of my day doing the other parts of running an art business because it is a business, and, it, and a lot of it is not sexy where it's not, like, painting some cool thing. It's literally, like, sitting at a computer and, like, archiving, you know, editing and archiving photos or responding to Twitter comments or, you know, anything else. Like I spend a lot of the day almost like a desk job. Uh, and then at night, I'm, what I'm looking forward to every day is jumping on this live stream. And, and usually like, I don't really have a plan going into it. Like right now we're recording this. It's, you know, a little after seven and I have no idea what I'm doing tonight at 10. I just <laughs> and, I, and I might just uh, jump on and let the fans decide or I might have an idea that I come up with, you know, in the next couple hours. But that's really been like the art keeps me busy, man. It keeps me happy. That's all it takes, man. I mean, you find something that does it for you. Just keep on doing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, do you still are you still have time? I guess right not right now, of course. But do you still follow sports as closely as you did when you were younger? So I do. I think. Um, I've uh it's been like a crazy like roller coaster of a relationship with sports. I played a lot of sports growing up too. I, I played T ball and then baseball and then at a pretty young age I decided that I couldn't just stand around and uh so I left baseball, I started playing soccer, I also did wrestling and lacrosse all through high school, and then in college I played lacrosse and then after college I started getting into some coaching and I coached a, a few different lacrosse teams. It was super fun. Um, and I'll still play like some pickup, uh, you know, pickup basketball or, you know, like rec league kind of soccer stuff. And then as far as like watching and following sports, um, again, I kind of fell out of it for a while. And then when I was introduced to painting professional athletes, it was through an NFL agent who I like randomly met at this party in Las Vegas and he liked my work and we were just like, 
drinking Manhattans and shooting the shit. And like, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, why don't you just paint a couple of my clients for free, and then I'll make sure that they promote you, and then their teammates are going to buy them. And I was like, all right, sure, like, let's do that. And so, like, I did my first three portraits for free, and it was, like, exactly like he said. Like, he got all of them to, like, really push it and promote it. And then each of them had a teammate that came to me and said, how much for a painting? And I gave them my prices, and they were like, done. I'll take the big one. And so, like, because of that, I I got really into, uh, you know, I fell into this NFL niche, and I never played football. And I watched football a little bit growing up. You know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm a Niners fan. And, uh, you know, I grew up with, you know, Joe Montana was the man. Um, <laughs> but uh, I hadn't watched it for a long time. And then I started thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to get into this and be, you know, somebody that's painting NFL athletes, I better keep up. And now I'm in, like, you know, five different fantasy leagues and I'm following, like, the <laughs> like I'm, like, super into it on the NFL side. And that had kind of been my life in terms of sports for a while. And, and then – you know, also being from the Bay, like I I remember with Golden State Warriors, their, you know, dynasty years, like one of my top collectors that owns more pieces than anyone else has a box and, and he has courtside seats. And so you would take me to games all the time. So I was like a basketball fan, but kind of just like a Golden State fan. And then like with this tops thing, like now I'm, it's a bummer, obviously, that sports isn't going on because like the hardest part for me is playing catch up on all the current players. And like I did a box break on one of my YouTube channels and I was like reading, you know, I was flipping through the cards and I was reading their names and somebody, you know, people were commenting and they're like, dude, do you even watch baseball? Like you don't know how to say any of their names. And I told them, (laughs) no, I, I don't. I don't know how to watch any. I don't know how to say any of their names. I don't know pretty much any of the players. And so like I'm trying to play catch up, but like without... Like, if there was baseball on right now, I would have it on all the time, and I'd be hearing the announcers say the names, and I would start to know the, you know, all the players. But, like, there's thousands of players, and, like, I, just, <laughs> I don't know who they are. Obviously, like, everyone in the set of Tops 2020, these are, like, Hall of Famers. And, of course, I know those guys, and I know a lot of history about a lot of them. But, yeah, I mean, I'm trying, man. I think, uh, in general, like, the community's been pretty accepting, and, like, understands because I'm not coming at it from a point to say, Oh, I'm an expert on baseball. It's just like, you know, I was a huge baseball card collector as a kid. And like, I'm a big fan of, you know, obviously of art and like, I'm just being me and trying to do the best I can. I think you're doing pretty darn good, my man. <laughs> Thanks man. <laughs> um, are you doing any more box breaks? Cause I did watch that heritage break and that was fun. I, I, I kind of enjoy the heritage boxes. Yeah. Yeah, so we definitely uh, – I'm going to do a break a week. And oh, I don't cool. Know if it's going to be a specific day or if it's going to be, a, you know, a random thing. Because I do like the idea of making people come back because they don't know what they're going to get. If people know, like, oh, every Tuesday Blake does a break, whether, you know, all the people that love the breaks might not even check in the other days because they, they don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, on the flip side of people that don't like the breaks, they might not show up on Tuesday. So – I like making a surprise. So last night I actually opened up. So I went, um, I went, I have like a separate mailbox. I went to the mailbox because I had a shipment from Tops and I thought it was going to be all of my Nolan Ryan cards. I ordered 60 of my own cards, which I'm signing and, uh, you know, uh, selling as like artist autograph cards. And I thought it was going to be all of them, but I went and picked it up and it was only 10 
because I actually ordered them in two separate shipments. I ordered 10 and then the same day, like later that day, I'm like, oh, screw it. I got to order 50 more because I order my own cards like everyone else, by the way. Um, Of course, right? Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, you know, so it was only 10 and like my whole plan was like to pick up that box of 60 and then at night I was going to be like opening them up and talking to people, hoping that we get one of the gold one of ones. And uh, it was only 10 cards. I'm like, I can't do a whole video around 10 cards. And so there's a Target near me. So I went to Target, and um, I found just some, like, little, I don't know, they're blaster boxes, I think they're called. Like little, yeah. yeah, so some little uh, Top Series 1 boxes. And I bought four of those. And then I paired it um, with the 10 Nolan cards. And so last night, that was a card break. We just did, uh, I'd open a couple of the Series 1s. And then I'd go and open a Nolan. And then I'd go and open a couple series ones, go open a Nolan. So it was super fun. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to see names more than once, which is great. But at the same time, like, unless I hear somebody else say the name, I don't really know how to say it. <laughs> oh, you get there, man. No, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, I want to, like, I want to respect the players and I want to respect the collectors and, like, you know, whatever. So it's it's important to me to, like, learn that stuff. Oh, you'll get there, man. Hey, if you, if you ever need a, a hand with those, just feel free to reach out. <laughs> right on. All right, man. Um, Blake, I think that's all we got today. Um, everybody, of course, check out Blake's YouTube page. Um, to search for Blake Jameson. It's spelled J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Yep. Uh, you'll find that. you find it on his Twitter page as well. And, Blake, the website that you sell your um, – I guess your copies of the signed yeah. cards that you're creating. Yeah. Um, you have a number of, uh, of other athlete portraits and stuff that you've done on there. Yeah, exactly. So it's proathletportraits.com, proathletportraits.com, just all spelled out. And that's got my signed autograph, you know, my autographed and limited edition tops cards. It has like a huge portfolio of a lot of the work that I've done in the past with different athletes, and you can sort it by sport. Uh, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask like, oh, how much for, you know, the Michael Jordan painting? And I have to explain to them like, no, that was bought by an athlete. And in that case, it actually wasn't Michael Jordan. But there's no <laughs> athlete. Josh Jacobs from the Raiders uh, had oh, nice. in the piece of Jordan. But like, He's a beast, bro. He, he's a very good running back. I, I enjoyed him thoroughly last year. Yeah, he's amazing. So he's – um, uh. He's one of my one of my top collectors from last year. He's got oh, cool. he's got a handful of pieces for me, and I'm also friends with his agent. And uh, he's a great dude, super nice guy. But um, yeah, there's just a ton of like portfolio of work I've done. There's also like a form if someone wants to like inquire about starting a project, like commissioning something, could be any painting, whether it's an athlete or not. And that breaks down like the price and the size and like what that process looks like. And um, and then a con- contact form and you know, everything else you'd see on a website, but that's it. That's awesome, man. I'm just saying, I have it open right now. That Jackie Robinson is just looking at me, man. I got it. I'm, I'm very tempted, but uh, don't, don't be surprised if you see my, uh, my PayPal pop up on your, uh, on your, uh, on your account receivable. (laughs) Right on, man. All right, Blake. Hey man. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let's hope that baseball returns soon. And, uh, hopefully once I'll, I'll get my, uh, my live stream going, maybe we'll rip open some, some boxes of baseball cards together. I would love that. Awesome, dude. And everybody, please check out Blake's work. Um, continue checking in on tops for their project 2020. There's going to be more stuff coming out. That's going to be, uh, every day for the next few couple of months, right? 
for the end of the year, man. Oh, to the end of the year. My goodness. Friday. All right. Yeah, it's Monday through Friday through 2020. Oh, my wife's going to kill me, bro. I keep on buying cards. She's <laughs> Oh, she's going to get me one day. That's I hope nice. she doesn't listen. All right, man. <laughs> Blake, thanks so much for coming on. Everybody, we'll see you on the next show. And, uh, yeah, let's go Mets.